0: Hey everyone, Luke Slaybaugh checking in on the 16th of November. It is a Wednesday. It is also the same day as the XFL draft. Monday afternoon, for one of my jobs with which this podcast is not affiliated, I had the chance to catch up with St. Louis Battlehawks head football coach Anthony Becht. Becht is a 12-year veteran of the NFL, was an assistant coach in the Alliance of American Football, and he's trying to bring a winning football team Back to St. Louis. It's unfortunate what happened with the XFL in 2020, which folded due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So I was able to talk with Coach Becht about his process for drafting players, as well as how he built his staff, including Rams legend Ricky Prohl. Made that amazing catch against the Buccaneers to send the St. Louis Rams to the Super Bowl. So we're going to pick this conversation up in the middle. I was talking with someone else about the influence of Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Danny Garcia, who bought the XFL. So here's my conversation with head coach Anthony Becht of the St. Louis BattleHawks.
1: I mean, the power hitters right there, I mean, that's, you know... Those those folks are are good to put behind anything at this point, which is great. So I'm glad they're on our team. That's for sure.
0: Perfect. Well, Anthony, it's nice to finally meet you to make your acquaintance over the computer screen, over the phone. Um, And Brian, um, I'll catch up with him a little bit later to talk things on the business side of the house. Um, You just set up your draft board. You're fresh out the war room. How would you describe the energy in that room?
1: Yeah, right now I'll tell you, it's a lot of hard work. Uh, you know, myself and our DPP slash GM Dave Bowler's done an excellent job, along with our staff, of just going through over the eighteen hundred different players in this in this pool. There's a lot of guys, uh, you know, narrowing it down to just who we like has uh, been very difficult. You know, we we tried to give everybody an equal opportunity to be evaluated. Uh, you know, it's not just the NFL guys that got cut in preseason. It's guys that have been bouncing around leagues and have, you know, been out maybe a year or so, and and just kind of evaluating everything they've done so that we can put together the best uh, players we can. and And that's our goal is is to choose, you know, kind of trust our board that we put together, and and then we got to coach them up. At the end of the day, that's going to be the biggest thing. And and when we do that, we we feel good. We'll feel good about what we have. Yeah
0: you're an offensive guy. You've got the number two overall pick coming up. That was just announced, which tangible qualities and intangible qualities are you prioritizing when you make that first pick?
1: Well, you know, I'd love to have guys obviously that uh, have high character, they're hard workers and, you know, they're, they're not me guys. I think that uh, a valuable trait to have is, is to be a very, uh, you know, a person that's confident in his own abilities, but, in the game of football, we're looking for guys that can play together. If we can play together, that ultimately will give each individual player their best opportunity to go to or advance to the bigger, the highest stage in this game. So, um, you know, I, it really doesn't matter if you have the first pick, second pick, in my opinion. Everybody's going to have different views and angles. Uh, you know, some people might not even know some of the or familiar with some of the picks that go early in this draft. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just, at least for our, our fans in St. Louis is to just trust uh, our evaluation and who we are looking at. And, you know, sometimes our best player may not come till the fifth round. It's, it's very different than the NFL draft. You know, you have a clear, concise, maybe list of 10 or 12 people, right. In the top five of the draft, everybody kind of has an idea, but when you're talking about the XFL, it's a little different because you know, you're not going to get those kind of players with name recognition per se, uh, in a lot of these picks so it comes down to really evaluation and 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 believing in what you're seeing so uh yeah we do have the second pick uh you know we're looking for a combination of great intangible intangible ability and if we can do that and get those
0: guys to buy in which we feel that we will uh, we're gonna have a great team that's an excellent point you made about rolling the dice kind of gambling given the criteria that you have to evaluate this talent at the top of the draft which criteria are you looking at to make sure that that first pick that you have and every pick you have in this draft are that that, that's the type of quality of player that we want physically on just the tangible skills on that side of the ball.
1: Yeah. Tangible skill. I mean, to me, the film doesn't lie. Right. So, you know, we have uh, maybe some boxes myself, Dave bowler, we all look at things differently on film, but in general, we're looking for the same kind of characteristics, but, You know, if I can find, you know, for instance, as an example, offensive lineman, you know, the biggest thing that I always look for is a guy's ability to finish to the whistle. And that shows up on film. You know, you'll see a guy finish a guy and he's going and he's driving him and he's cutting him off and whatever, whatever he's doing. And, you know, just enough to either save the quarterback from getting sacked or getting that running back the extra yard versus guys that, quite frankly, you'll see maybe just stop at a certain point, maybe look around. They're trying to figure out where the quarterback is. And by that time it's too late. So I think that's a real easy, you know, point for me, at least from an offensive line. Okay. Like this is a feature that I'm looking for. It will show up on tape and I can put that high on the list. And if that's there, then I know that he's coachable. I can coach him. You know, his technique might not be the best, but at any token, you know, we feel like, you know, that's a starting point. Like, is this guy care? Does he, does he want to, does he have the attitude, to go out there and just finish it, regardless of how it looks, you know, he's willing to do whatever he can to prevent a sack or get the extra yard. Those things show up really clear on film to me.
0: And what's the starting point when you're evaluating skill position players?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one, right? I mean, obviously a guy looks, can look good in shorts or look good on film can run. You know, I think it's just a combination of, you know, does can he catch the ball one in open space, which is obviously going to be high. Can he catch it in, in the crowded space? Uh, Does he maximize yards after the catch? I mean, clearly we'd like, you know, there's going to be a designation between, you know, receivers that can be big play guys. And of course, maybe a receiver that, okay, look, he may not have the quickness or the ability to get, you know, run 80 yards for a touchdown, but he'll catch anything in traffic and double coverage. He'll go up and get the football and you know, he's going to be an accountable player. So uh, I think those things I I think will, will be a mix. And then you have to do a little homework, I think on, you know, you got to call some people. You got to talk to the player, talk to the former team. He was on the coaches and say, listen, is this a good guy? Is this a guy that, you know, look, he shows everything on film, you know, what's holding them back. And and if, again, if it's something that's not important then you're in our department and what we feel, then, you know, we're going to go for it. And, you know, we feel like with our coaching staff, we can get these guys to succeed as long as they can, you know, hit those requirements that we're looking for. And if they do, then, you know they're definitely going to be a, a player that we want to select in, in this year's draft.
0: Anthony, you had a successful career as a player, and this league is all about the talent that has something left to prove. What do you have left to prove in the game of football?
1: You know what? Quite frankly, in the game of football, I've proved everything. I mean, I, I, I got drafted in the first round when I was a kid that wasn't really highly recruited in college. I took advantage of my opportunity. When I got to the NFL, you know, I played – 12 years. I mean, it's, you know, started over 160 plus games in my career. Uh, that's well and beyond everything, anything anyone could have accomplished in the, in that level of play as a player, as a coach, you know, look, I, I'm coming in, you know, with uh, with, with the expectations of really just going out there and doing the best that I can do to help these guys become better players. I know how, I know what it takes, you know, it's just up to those guys to buy in. So, you know, by getting the best staff possible, um, and trying to find the best players and giving them a chance. They're all missing something, whether it's they didn't get enough reps, uh, they, they didn't get a chance. Uh, you know, maybe you know they dropped or fumbled the ball in preseason or whatever it may be, and that maybe you know was the tail of the tape for them. you know and the, the slate is clean for us. If we believe in their skill set, you know we feel like we can reach their max. and if they if they if they reach their max and they don't make it, at least they know, that they came to us with, with that opportunity. And I think that's that's all you can ask for as a player and, and really as a coach to, to do that for them.
0: Your coaching staff is full of connections from your playing career and your journey through football and some names that Missouri fans and St. Louis fans will admire and remember. How integral was that 2008 season in St. Louis building connections with Coach Valero and Coach Glover to build the foundation of your staff? Yeah,
1: no doubt. I mean, honestly, you know, these guys were picked outside of that. That was a secondary part that, that just happened to correlate. You know, my goal was always to get the best guys. Those guys were were very high on my list. And if I could get them, I did. Now, all the bio behind them, as far as where they're from, where they played, the catches they made, the, the sacks that they made, the places they coached. It just so happened that four of our guys have direct links. Well, five of our guys have direct links. Even Bruce Grakowski was, was brought in during my season in 08 uh, as a player, but, you know, obviously wasn't signed to the team, but played a long time in the league. But Ricky, uh, obviously, everything he's done, the catch uh, of a lifetime and his career, quite frankly, as a coach and a player is is off the charts. We're lucky as a league, not just a staff, but a league to have him uh, with us. And then, you know, Art Valero brings experience Experience uh, coaching for 40 years. I mean, those are the kind of people I want around me. As far as other coaches that we're bringing in to help build them and 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 give them a chance. And then guy like uh, Dave Steckel, you know, uh, Mizzou defensive coordinator under Pinkel, unbelievable run there, two SEC championship games, lots of defensive players that went to the NFL and got drafted, defensive linemen, linebackers, DBs, and then he goes and becomes a head coach of Missouri State maybe not necessarily the results he wanted but it was his time in his life he wanted to become a head coach and I think for him joining it in the state of Missouri was was something that he took a lot of pride in so to bring him back he's fired up he's rejuvenated since he's been out for a couple of years now so uh again it, it all fell into turn into kind of the uh, of all those things you just mentioned because of of just sheer luck I mean these are the best guys available and I went and got them.
0: so you to confirm you did have direct influence in telling someone above you? Hey, I want this guy for my defensive coordinator. I want this guy to coach running backs. Or did you reach out to all these people personally?
1: Yeah, no, nobody told me who to hire, where to go. Obviously, I got referrals from many close uh, friends, general managers, coaches I've been with sent me hundreds and hundreds. Uh, But I had a list, you know, when, when Danny Garcia And Dwayne Johnson and Redbird Capital, Jerry Cardinal, bought the league under bankruptcy. Don't quote me, August of 2020, I believe. Uh, That was the day I started building my list because that's when I believed that I was going to be the head coach of one of these teams. Didn't know anybody, didn't talk to anybody, but I took out my notepad. I still got those pages of all those coaches and that list turned into priority coaches, secondary coaches. And then coaches that sent their sent their name in that again I looked at as well because, you know, I want to give everybody an opportunity. So uh I had the ability to pick everybody from the top to the bottom. And uh, you know, it's a combination of relationships, it's a combination of, you know, what they bring to the table, are they fit and good enough to do their job at a high level? And uh, you know, everybody on my staff fits those criteria and and that's what you know, I owe that to the players, right? And the league, quite frankly, to get those kind of people around me.
0: How did you get to know Ricky Prohl?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I was with Mike Martz in the AAF. Uh, I was his tight end coach. Uh, build a little bit of relation because his name came, came up quite a bit. We watched a lot of film <laughs> on the professor so still on turf. And he's out there making plays. And he would, you know, call in. Martz would call him. And, you know, obviously know him as a player. Bumped into him over time. We were acquaintances. We just never really got to know each other. And uh, I just knew he was a very desirable coach that a lot of teams wanted I mean he turned down uh, one NFL job that that he could have had this past offseason uh, just the schedule wasn't right for him man he's got two boys in the league he's got a daughter just had twins he runs a business the spring league is, is something that fits his world and, and I'm just glad it did I made a pitch and man he was all over it, man as soon as I was done he's like sign me up this is awesome and he got to learn a little bit more about me with coach Martz and And I think, you know, the one thing I can tell you is I've never burned a bridge, whether it was a good or bad time in my career with anybody. And I I like to think that a lot of people would say positive things about at least being with me or their experiences with me. And, you know, he did his homework, too, and he was all in. Mm
0: -hmm. We're anticipating announcement fairly soon on the assignments of quarterbacks. I think there's a pool and getting to figure out how that works. Do you all know who's going to be assigned to you at this point? Um you know right now I, I think
1: uh you know when we announce this on Tuesday uh, everybody'll hear and know uh we put a lot of work into this myself Dave Bowler, our uh, offensive coordinator Bruce Grykowski. I mean hell we we probably had 50 quarterbacks just going through and trying to figure out exactly what we wanted why we wanted it and who fit it the best and uh you know we had to we had to do some recruiting I mean uh but I'll tell you the sell was easy once we had the conversations we feel like not only did we get are we going to get the best one, two, but three? We think we got the three best quarterbacks in the draft. We think that each one of those quarterbacks could start on any team. And uh, I think it's uh, there'll be three names that St. Louis will, will embrace, will know, and uh, can get behind.
0: So the selections have been made. Potential local ties with any of those?
1: Uh, well, we'll find out. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Tuesday when it's announced, uh, you know, you'll get all that information, but, uh, my goal didn't, again, just like my coaching staff, uh, it wasn't about where the guys came from. It's getting the best player possible. So if they happen to have roots, that's great. If they don't, then you know what? I mean, if we, if we can win a championship with the best player, then we're going to get the best players. So it's definitely players that, uh, that St. Louis can get behind.
0: Yeah. How do you anticipate adapting to the workflow of training camp in Arlington and then commuting it seems to St. Louis for, for these home games?
1: I think it's great, you know, I think it's smart from the league from a business standpoint to have everybody in in one location. Uh you know, everybody talks about engaging with the fans. We're going to do a lot of that. We're going to do a lot of it socially. You know, social media allows you to have a one-on-one conversation with anybody in the organization. We're going to make them available throughout the season uh, when we go to the games, after the games, uh, you know, when I played in 12 years, I, I never had an open practice where fans could come unless it was training camp. And and quite frankly, I mean, I, I don't think anybody's going to miss anything not being able to see training camp go on. So uh, I'm going to do my best. It's important. It's a priority for me to make sure uh, every player is accessible. And uh, that's all I can tell fans. I've been accessible so far. I've been very active on social and tried to engage with fans individually, group uh, and get myself up in the area. And we'll, and we'll do the same with our players uh, rolling into the season. So. Uh, you know, for those that may think it's a little different or strange, I, I think it's actually a better opportunity to engage with our guys as the season goes on.
0: Mm-hmm. As you're assembling your roster, how much are you focusing on the rule changes and, and what players might have trouble adapting to from the traditional college and NFL game that we all know?
1: Yeah, nothing. I don't think any player. Now, our kicking situation obviously is a conversation because there will be some tweaks uh, you've seen some of the things in 2020 and, and some other leagues. I mean, there there obviously is there'll be some wrinkles in the kicking game, uh, but uh, I don't think anything that will, will show that's a surprise. But it's not going to hinder anybody from doing their job, but we have to be strategic to make sure those players can actually fulfill those. You know, if, if kicking the ball uh, out of the back of the end zone is a great thing in the NFL, well, guess what? It may not be great uh, in our league. So we got to make sure, you know, yeah, we need a strong leg, but we also need a guy that maybe can get a ball in a certain place on the field uh, to help us combat maybe some of the the, the, po- the possible rules that will be there and will be addressed, and those rules will get released. Dean Blandino's on top of that, and that that'll be out there for everyone to see shortly. But uh, you know, I would say that the specialist area is the only area. It doesn't prevent anybody from doing their job. It just it, it, it allow it just has to be a little more precise on on some of the uh, maybe the players we're evaluating.
0: And one last thing, you said you want that dome full. Just how much are you anticipating? getting into town and seeing that happen.
1: I can't wait to walk out of the Dome the first game, whenever that is. You know, I I told the St. Louis, and I'll continue to tell them, the fan base, you know, trust me to do my part and get you a great product. And then, uh, you know, I just need you guys to show up on game day. I know they did an awesome job in 2020. I want a little more. Am I being greedy, selfish? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of fans that maybe were trying to get to some future games that got canceled. Uh, so I'd say lock it in now. Get your deposits. I believe uh, op- the ticket window is going to be opening soon here today uh, and this week at some point. From what I've heard, uh, you know, give it a chance. Give it a try. Whenever that first game is, let's have it rock. And we we definitely want our place to be a uh, an advantage to be a home game at. And we want to make it tough. So whenever those dates come out and and our first home game is, is there, then, you know, I'm circling it and I'm going to be continuing to push it and and get as many fans there as possible. And I think I think it'll be great for – it's great for our players and our coaches, you know, to be in that environment. It's very realistic to where a lot of these guys maybe were in college and, and the pro level, and, and that's what we wanted. We want it to be a, a special place. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone showing out uh, when, when we arrive.
0: Anthony, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck this week.
1: All right, Luke, man. Thank you. Take care.